0: Welcome to Exploring the Industry, where we find out what God's doing in the entertainment world. I get to interview Christians from various entertainment industries. They share their stories of faith and transformation with you and I. I'm hosting people from many different backgrounds to share what God is doing and where He's shown up most in their lives and their careers through their highs and lows. We're believing to influence a narrative of how Christians perceive what God's doing in the entertainment industry around the world. If a picture is worth a thousand words, their story is worth a thousand sermons. Come join the conversation and welcome to the show scott william winters is an actor producer and catalyst scott has appeared in over 150 episodes of acclaimed television as well as oscar winning and golden globe nominated films he has written and directed screenplays and is currently producing his first film with an a-list production company scott is what he describes happily joyfully blissfully married to brooklyn born and raised jennifer logan winters who's getting her masters in child psychology they have two amazing daughters and a foster son The Winters family had become a staple in Hollywood with one of his brothers, actor Dean Winters, and another brother, writer-producer Brad Winters, as well as a sister who's married to a producer. Today, we're going to discover the amazing story of how God got a hold of Scott's heart, and we're going to hear what Scott is dreaming with God for the entertainment industry. Join me, Sean Bowles, on Exploring the Industry. Hello, and welcome to Exploring the Industry. I'm Sean Bowles, your host, and I have with me Scott Winters. I love that you're on the show. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I'm super honored, Sean.
0: Well, I love that through the years, for probably 12 years, we've tried to we've tried to kind of intertwine our lives a little bit and try yeah. to become friends, and then you moved yep.
2: and moved betrayed years.
0: me by moving away. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm so sorry. No. Yeah, it was, <laughs> was a, a great move for you guys. Yeah. And then you moved back. Yeah. And so now you're back here in Los Angeles, yep. living in a hot summer, according to um, online information that you guys live in a shack. Uh Uh-huh. Three hours hours outside outside of of, Los
1: Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. It's old information. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) We were laughing because we had to do some study for the game we're going to play later on and uh, for YouTube, which is really fun. And when we did it, we were laughing at some of the facts. I said, I bet you these probably aren't true. At least they might've been at one point.
2: Yeah.
1: That was good discernment. uh, (laughs) They're not true. I kind of
0: know know where you live. So I think I knew that just from knowing you, but yeah. Yeah. So you've been in the industry for a long time. Yep it's kind of your life Mm -hmm. and you've had a very unique spot in the industry because you've done so many different types of projects. You've done things for Netflix. You've done things for film, for television. You started out, I think your big break was Good Will Hunting. Is that correct? Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: was right at the beginning. Yeah. 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 Which is one of my favorite movies. Is it? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's in my top
0: five. Like if people ask me outside of this conversation, it might be number two some days it might be wow. number three some days it just was so powerful
1: yeah it kind of captured everybody uh, yeah. everybody's hearts at that time yeah
0: i mean, there's a very unique conversation yeah yeah and i think we my wife would say the same thing i think it's just one uh, of those oh. movies it's like so incredible i can't wait to meet her yeah she'll, she'll be here later awesome. the
2: scenes.
0: yeah <laughs> so let's talk about uh, you know in the context of just your career where are you at right now what are you working on what are you thinking about
1: yeah um so I I just got back from uh New York. Um I'm doing I'm, I'm starting to move a little bit Sean into producing. But nice. uh, yeah, yeah. Um it's it's been a, a just a desire for a long time for for different reasons. Um but I just got back from New York yesterday. I um I have a recurring role on a a show called City on the on a Hill. Okay. Which we like the name. Yeah, it's uh, a great name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about uh, uh c- corrupt Boston Police. It stars Kevin Bacon. Um, oh, I've seen. Okay, I've seen that. Have advertisements. you seen some? Yeah,
0: I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the advertisements yeah.
1: for it. It's Showtime. Uh, oh. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are producing. Speaking wow. of, of Goodwill Hunting, and and uh, a buddy of mine is show running it. Tom Fontana. Um, so that's that's been fun. I've had a re- I've had a recurring role on NCIS. Just done like a slew of episodes of of that. Um, I
0: saw you when I was in Indonesia. And your character came on. And I never watched NCIS ever. It's like zero, but it was the only thing in English. Okay. And I was like, there's Scott. This is amazing. That's <laughs> hilarious because I had a friend in
1: Singapore call me. And he's yeah. like, dude, you're on TV right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's <clears throat> NCIS. Excuse me. It's like the number one show in Europe. Oh, wow. It's actually the number one show in the world. And wow. I had never watched it. That's uh, so funny. Before, you know, I I was that on was a it good show. I, when yeah, yeah. I watched it, I was like, oh, I get it's it. Because My yeah. parents
0: love that show. My sister loves that show. Oh, but cool. I yeah. I've just I'm not into cop dramas typically. Yeah. Which I shouldn't yeah. say that in front of you, because that's like a lot of your movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I mean, I like them when you're in them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right on. <laughs> um yeah, I uh let's see. Uh I did like my first Faith film. Um it came out last summer. It was called Beautifully Broken. Wow, it was your very first one. It was my first one, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and we had a pretty good response. It was, was it surprising about? to me. It's, um, so beautifully broken. It chronicles the lives of, uh, of three different families, two from Rwanda. Um, one of those families escapes during the genocide. Um, and then a third family in Nashville and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the the head of that family. And it's, and it's really a story of reconciliation. It's a true wow. story. Um, the family that, um, that escaped the genocide, they were on
0: set for oh a good part gosh. of the time. So that was intense. That would be intense. Yeah. And I and- went to the genocide museum and was there right after it all happened. Wow. And it was really devastating. Wow. Which, so, I mean, I, I I can't wait to see, I did, I've never heard of it. Yeah. I'm yeah, so yeah, glad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they they honored me at the genocide museum. They gave me a pin and wow. and it was really personal for me because during during that genocide, I felt so hopeless. I I had actually just written a one-man show that I performed at my theater company and I incorporated Rwanda and the genocide wow. in that because I just I wanted to do something but I didn't really know what to do. So, anyway, it just felt like kind of a divine Um, invitation to, to do this movie, which was actually a non-union movie. It was my first one that I did, but, but, uh, I loved the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we got like really good reviews, like variety, you know, who, you know, historically great Hollywood trade publication, probably the number one typically will slam, uh, those kinds of, of movies and sometimes rightly so but uh but you know they they gave us a great review and then they mentioned us again as kind of an exemplary faith film so
0: um so i was happy about that it's going to be on netflix in may um what's well, interesting is i think yeah. looking at your career like if we look up your imdb you're consistently involved with quality projects that get good reviews. Mm, mm-hmm. They're not always the biggest commercial successes. On some of them, like the Netflix. Yeah. How do you say that, borgias, borgias. Oh, Borgia. Borgia. Yeah, I would yeah. say it wrong, but yeah, I love yeah. the show. Like yeah. I watched the whole really? show. Really? No, it was so intense. Yeah, Sean. Like no, that okay. was like it was like the Sopranos and yeah, yeah time period. Yeah, totally. It was so wild. I remember Shree. I actually got a little intense for my wife Shree. Yeah, it's all intense for like, me. No, but I I think there was the writing was really good, but that family was so fascinating because they. I know now. Here's what's funny. So I found out about the show because of Assassin's Creed, the video game. (laughs) You told me about. I'm a big video game guy, and this family shows up in the video game, you know, industry. I was like, I'm going to check this out. Scott said this, I'm going to check it out on Netflix. This is a couple years ago, and I was like, this is insane. I was was on a trip, and I just kept watching it. I mean, it's the manipulation factor that happens through the show. Yeah, like, and you really aren't you. Like, I mean, I you're this so yeah you're so different like well it's yeah no it's 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 instrumental guy really fun to watch people when they're when you know them a little bit and then they're on a show playing something so not like their character and Mm -hmm. you're wondering like where is this coming from this is amazing so i had a fun time watching it oh that's
1: good Yeah. yeah yeah i um it was Tom Fontana's, you know, it's funny. I started talking to my friend, Tom, who I mentioned who's partners with Barry Levinson and he's a two-time Emmy winner. He's a great guy, good friend. Yeah. Um, but I started talking to him about some, some of the popes, the historical popes, because they're, they were just so intriguing. Um, sometimes like very scary. Yeah. And, uh, so I gave him a book that I had been, um, reading. And then shortly after that he started developing Borgia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we shot that in Prague, and um, and we actually filmed I a little bit Prague. in Italy. I love Prague. Yeah. Yeah, and we went to Italy a few times. And, no, and it uh, was
0: the acting on every scene yeah, was amazing. it was very that's good what, like, it's It's yeah. way different than a lot of shows you saw that were coming out at that time on Netflix. Yeah. Where you'd go, oh, that's – people are trying to get their pet projects on Netflix, but yeah. this felt like – I, I was surprised it didn't blow up bigger, but I think yeah. it was that indicate, indicative of that time of Netflix, where it was just yeah. kind of finding its own way. Yeah. But it's still on there, so people can still watch it. They
1: can still watch it, yeah. and, and the funny thing in Hollywood is is people get these very obscure, sometimes niche ideas at the same time. And so there was but there a, was another one, The Borgias, starring right. Jeremy Irons, but that really began as a miniseries. And they, they, they got good ratings, so they decided to turn it into a series. And, uh, okay. Um,
0: that is really interesting.
1: Yeah. That yeah happens but a lot. they're very different. Yeah. It does happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, going full circle, beautifully broken, that's going to be on Netflix in May, which okay. is great. Yeah. We had, you know, it was, it was kind of a small opening because it was a very small budget yeah. movie, um, but it'll be on Netflix That's in amazing. May. Yeah. Well,
0: let's go into your story a little bit because yeah. you okay. have had a very interesting life and how you've navigated you've really navigated because of your relationship with god Mm. through your whole career and there's you have some very hard stops of this is what i won't do you have some very which is very rare for somebody who's saying hey i have some standards this is what i'm gonna keep you also have your family and your wife and who you've preserved very well the whole time like you Mm. you've been a family man who's like i won't do anything that compromises the value of my daughters and my wife yeah and so let's, let's go into some of the, like, where did God show up the most for you as a family in your career? I think I'm going to start there. I know it's a big question, but where has he shown up the most? Because I'm sure it hasn't been like, you know, puppies and kittens the whole time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Are you in the context of family? In the context Sean? of
0: family and industry.
1: Yeah. in the context of industry, I would say, um, so I mentioned this one man show that I did in 1995. Yeah. And it, what was great was I had recently encountered, um, Jesus and I wanted to kind of do something tribal in front of a secular audience, you know, yeah. how, how people can be when they discover the love of God. And, and, uh, so I just wrote this show. Um, it, and, and, uh, I put it up at my theater company in downtown New York city and it was called dog. I had taken a, a scripture from, um, Ecclesiastes better to be a living dog than a dead lion. Oh wow. Yeah, and it was very prophetic actually uh, for me ultimately. Um but what was great about that was I got to see the power of ministry in, through the arts and it was wow. powerful because it was yeah. really really well received and I was very unapologetic as far as the content of what I was producing. It was a multimedia show. I you know, I I sang, I danced, I rapped and I don't sing. Um
0: that's fun. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love was two videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um so I told I told the Lord right around that time I said, I want you to use me to shift culture. Wow. Because Hollywood is this incredible storytelling industry um that's been redeemed mm-hmm. before the world was even made. Uh, so it's really up to us to square it up in space and time. Right. Yeah. And really? That's just the job yeah. at hand. Um, but really more than anything, Hollywood with this absurd influence that it has throughout the nations, it could be used for such a satellite for the Lord. So I told him this, um, right before I, I, uh, I did this one man show because I was terrified of going up in front of a secular audience doing this. But, um, like I said, it was received very well, but within a short amount of time, Sean, I got to work with my two favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to work with uh, Miloš Forman, who had you know done One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, yeah. and, um, uh, and then I got to work with um, uh, Gus Van Sant, who I loved, and they were very different directors, but both of those were um, those were significant industry moments yeah. for me um, that kind of let me know that God was in. Mm -hmm. he was in. And, uh, so that was exciting for me. Um, it was several years before I did get married, but, um, now, you know, this is, this is a long story, you know, the trajectory out of the gate, it was, it was exciting. You know, I saw myself, um, on the big board at the Oscars because they played Mm. my scene with Matt Damon. I mean, they played it three, four times. Yeah. And it was just so fun for me, you know, as kind of a new actor, like, wow, you know, um, <clears throat> but, uh, I think in time, I think that there was maybe some maturity that had to happen with me, um, at a, at a deep level. And cause I was, I was ready for that, just, you know, that kind of Brad Pitt and George Clooney yeah. kind of favor and, and influence, um, but several years after that, I met my wife, Jenny, and um, uh, right before we got married um, and right before we had our first daughter, Grace, uh, I got my, like my first principal role on an ABC series about sheriffs, LA sheriffs. It was called Ten Eight. 8 So that was a nice moment. Yeah. Because yeah, it allowed us to buy a house.
0: Kind of get rooted and grounded too. Kind of get city. rooted and
1: grounded in Los Angeles yeah. and, and be able to... To really uh,
0: Which is rare because I mean, only like five percent of that screen actors guild even works. And then when you do work and you work on something that actually makes decent money yeah. that you're enjoying, yeah, and you can actually benefit your family, it's like, okay, we're doing this, yeah, like, yeah. Totally. There's stability, yeah. Wow, yeah. So now you're married. You guys are starting to have kids. Do you have kids right away?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. okay so little you, space, little space between.
0: Yeah. So you start to have kids. Yeah, and. Jenny also has faith. She's also Christian. Mm -hmm. So what was kind of the motivators for you guys to stay in the industry? It sounds like changing culture, shifting, you know, seeing what God will do, redeeming this place. Uh, Was Jenny on board with that as much as you were? Was she seeing the same thing?
1: Yeah, she was. She, she had a couple of prophetic dreams about me, about us, uh, right when we met and they, they kind of had to do with the industry and, um, so I think we did have a little bit of um we we, we had some confirmations that were important because yeah. as we all know, you know, who are involved with this industry, um it it can be super lonely and it can yeah. be like just a barren tundra, you know. Because when, I feel like when you want to tell stories or, you know, so many, it's funny, Corey Ten Boom had the most amazing quote in her book, Amazing Love. Um, she She's said- is one that, of my favorites. Love her, love her very yeah. much. Um, my friend has her Bible. An old oh, wow. friend of my, Yeah, yeah. An old friend of my older friend who's probably passed. I haven't talked to her in for many years, but, um, but Corrie Ten Boom said that the two places where she saw that people desired the deepest things of God- one was a maximum security prison. I think it was Sing Sing. It's been like 20, wow. 25 years since I read it. And the other was Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. And it made sense to me because people want a happy ending. Yeah. And they want a profound and positive narrative. They want hope. Yeah. Um, so um, when Jenny and I first came together uh, as husband and wife, we um, I got a green light to storyboard... Uh, the story of Esther from um, oh, wow. from a, from a uh, an, an industry guy who, um, and he, so he kind of was able to commission me to do that through HBO. And, and then one night when the King came out and that kind of went away, that's still a desire actually. Cause I think yeah. that when done right, when the principles of telling stories are not violated, I think the story of Esther is like all those, I mean, there's so many stories yeah. in, in the scriptures that are incredible. Um,
0: Yeah. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get to there, which like, is good. I'm enjoying all that. It's okay. We have plenty of time. Let's go to, um, so let's talk about um, breakthroughs and breakdowns. Let's talk about times where God showed up the most in your career, like where you were, you needed him to show up or it was an advancement. What, what are like one or two of the biggest times you ever saw him do beyond what you could have performed based on your talent, your skill? I would say um, <clears throat> a couple of those re- like those really big breakthroughs,
1: one would definitely be goodwill hunting. yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that was probably still is one of the most popular movies of you know our generation. for sure. Um, so that was
0: how did that happen?
1: Uh, I got the audition. It happened to be a block. From my apartment in tribeca <laughs> nice. in downtown new york city isn't nice. that hilarious yeah i was like this i walking yeah it was always <laughs> a subway but so i just walked around the corner to billy hopkins casting and um yeah and just did it and
0: did you feel you had it like did you have this kind of moment where it's like something just happened or was it more like a surprise afterwards it was i felt I could
1: tell by Billy's reaction that he was like excited because nice. Yeah. I had long hair at the time. And so there was something about a long haired, pompous Harvard guy (laughs) that I think was unusual and compelling. It wasn't kind of that, you know, cliche um, idea of, of who that character would be. And so I think that was a draw. I, I, I had a good feeling about it. I think it took a couple of weeks to find out. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that Robin Williams was in the movie and, um, you know, and Matt and Ben, I hadn't met them yet. They, sure, they, they, they no were just knew them. Yeah, yeah, nobody no knew them knew. yet. Yeah, um, so that was significant. Uh, the People versus Larry Flint, that was that was pretty significant for me. I, um, after my first take, Milo Forman just shout. Speaking of Prague, just shouted perfect, and I just felt so. You know, that was like my first kind of big job, and I just yeah. was really elated to hear that from him because I. Oh, really, that's huge! Yeah. Yeah. I really loved his directing a lot. Mm -hmm. Amadeus and, you know, um, Cuckoo's Nest. Um, you know, when my brother Dean and I, I have a brother who's an actor and when my brother Dean and I were bartending, um, Tom Fontana and Noel Ben came into our bar and that was a very significant meeting
0: for us. Because, were you bartending with the hopes of becoming actors at the time? Well, yeah, we were okay. actors.
1: I was yeah. I was doing commercials in, okay. in, in New so York. Okay, you already doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Tom came into the bar with Noel Ben, and Noel wrote The Brinks Job. He was more of a novelist, but a very well-known New York writer. You know, okay. hung out with Patty Chayefsky and, like, the old school writers, and great fun to, to converse with Noel. But uh, so he and, and Tom come in, and Tom had been doing Homicide um, – He was one of the writers on um, uh, *Saint Elsewhere* with Bruce Paltrow. Sure. Um, So he was a known guy, and he really took a liking to Dean and I. And so after meeting, I've worked for Tom multiple times. So he's been kind of a key industry friend. Yeah. But on another level, just total, you know, total uh, friendship. Wow. Um, Yeah, I think my very first job was actually with. Tom I, I had a a big scene with Stalker Channing. Oh wow. And uh in, a, in a, a pilot. Um and uh but regarding my jobs with Tom, I would say that um playing Cyril O'Reilly on the show Oz. Um, which was HBO's first tr- dramatic series. And then yeah. Sex in the City and Sopranos came about at the same time. We were never up for the Emmys because mm. we did eight episodes a year, but we had really, really quality actors on that show. It's yeah. not a show that I would normally watch because it's yeah. just super diesel violence. Like yeah. it's, it's very realistic. We, I would get stopped a lot of times on the street by ex-cons just saying, Hey, you know, thank you. You know what? you wow. got, Yeah. Um, and what was fun was I got to talk to Tom a lot about Jesus. So he gave my character, Cyril O'Reilly. I, I played a, I played a guy who had severe brain damage, kind of okay. like Lenny in of yeah. mice and men, John yeah. Steinbeck's mice and men. And, uh, but I was also a boxer. Like I was a fighter. So I was kind of the King of like fighting while having, <laughs> it was a bizarre, it was weird. A very but, strange character. Yeah. Wow. But I, but I love character acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, kind of character leading man. I really do love character acting though. Um and that was just really great fun wow. for me. Like from day one. Was your brother on that show too? He was. We yeah. played brothers. Okay. Okay. So, so
0: I never saw the show. Yeah. I think I've seen like one episode, but it was a little too yeah. hard for me to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's hardcore, there's but only- um, but yeah. I remember seeing you together. Yeah, I thought I remembered that.
1: Yeah, there's so, a lot like there's a lot of rappers like LL Cool J was on there, and Master P, wow. and Method Man, and Treach. That must have been a,
0: quite an experience. It was an we
1: experience,
0: went... yeah,
1: wow, because we had like some of the best theatrical actors, um, in, in New York, yeah, yeah, like all you know. Grammy winners and um Rita Moreno was like the nut BD Wong was that's like so the weird. chaplain that's that so weird <laughs> I know yeah it worked. yeah wow um and then we just had you know like Matt Dillon directed um some and, and I went to school with Matt when we were younger okay. like when he got discovered in the hallway because yeah. he was ditching class <laughs> um, uh
0: only a friend would know that but yeah yeah Chaz <laughs>
1: Palminteri directed Cat- Kathy Bates directed so it was fun because you know, like Jack Nicholson, he taped every episode of Oz. It was a real industry show because yeah. I think the quality of the acting was was quite good. Yeah. So that was fun. And I got to play brothers with my brother Dean. Yeah. Which was great. And he leads me around the prison as kind of this dude who's always making moves. And I'm like just, you know, like a deer in the headlights. And then I have another brother who's a writer-producer who uh, who went to Stanford. But Tom brought him on to write for oz and brad's like an amazing writer wow
0: so it's like a family affair yeah and brad brad
1: ended up writing which was just it was too good to be true it was so god yeah it was it was so the lord because brad ends up writing like the paramount episode for dean and i it's before my character gets executed and it was just like it was a tearjerker and Brad got to write it so
0: was that i mean it would be surreal was that like hard for when your character was dying that he wrote your death. <laughs> 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 your brother was. It depends,
1: it. right? Yeah, because he's <laughs> exactly. your bro. But what was really funny was um, at that time, my hair – was down in my weight, like it was. Dead. I remember
0: seeing you in long hair. It was super right? yeah, long, yeah, I mean, like sure. way longer
1: than Goodwill Hunting. Brad loved because he wanted me to get a haircut for a long time. So.
0: <laughs> he wrote yeah. that in on purpose. He did. He, did. he totally did. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, you can do your family, which is really good. <laughs> so, so how how are your brothers as far as your you're in your family's faith and and just I mean you have a Hollywood family, it sounds like. Yeah. And so, um, what's that like for just being? Because you guys really, really love Jesus. You and your family really just my impression of whenever I'm around you there's something so holistic like and so mm. so pure about your family and so here you're 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 in an industry playing like some pretty hardcore guys yeah and and then your brothers are somewhat involved here and there but they're involved in their own careers too yeah how is that as far as togetherness
1: it's it's good we all have a different paradigm yeah we all have a different perspective I think um I probably have, I'm probably loaded with the biggest agenda for, you know, heaven invading Hollywood. Yeah. Um, uh, but my brother, Brad, um, he, he loves Jesus and my brother Dean, um, is, would not call himself Christian, but he would say that he loves Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, he had a pretty impacting experience about 10 years ago um, that, um, I think, helped shape his belief mm. in, a, in, in a very dramatic way um, where his life was spared. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's fun is he's the mayhem character in the Allstate commercials. I know. It's so fun So to it's see just him. like... But I, I've got, you know, so many people interceding every time they see that commercial come on just because they kind of love him. Um, <laughs> but uh, what's great is that um, Dean and I, uh, so I was invited to produce my first movie by the guy, uh, by Todd Komernicki, who produced Elf.
0: Oh, I love Elf. Which we love. Everybody oh, loves it's Elf. Like, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. It's the new, yeah. it's the
1: new Christmas movie. Yeah. So... Um, and Todd wrote Sully with Tom Hanks and directed by Clint Eastwood. He's, I mean, I've read thousands of scripts in Hollywood. Todd is really, aside from being a dear friend, he's one of my favorite writers, screenwriters for sure.
0: Yeah. So you're producing
1: his film. So I'm producing this film. That's amazing. And it's a kingdom film. It's kind of like Gangs of New York with Grace at the center, with Redemption at the center. I can't picture it. Right? It's like, wait, that's 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 I'm like, that description right there. I don't know. Yeah.
0: That's going to be really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is your brother involved with this?
1: So, I invited Dean on because so, wow. so I, yeah. So, I'm producing. I raised some money to pay the screenwriter. Yeah. Um, and Dean is one of those guys. So, it's it's fun. It's a family that's affair. Really fun. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting. And you're saying it's faith
2: based. It's faith
1: based. Oh, absolutely. Oh, completely. So, so I can I can tell the story. Yeah, uh, tell, yeah. yeah. Tell so, so it's the story of um, Jerry McCauley. and Jerry Macaulay was uh, he was an Irish um, immigrant in New York City, late eighteen hundreds. He was a thug. He was a fighter, fought in cages, drunkard, very promiscuous. Um, he gets thrown into prison, and he has this radical encounter with Jesus in prison Mm. and he comes out of prison and he marries a prostitute. And, uh, they, after a series of incredible events, end up starting the first rescue mission really in the world, um, New York city rescue mission. And it had a, um, it had a, (laughs) a real ripple effect like globally. Wow.
2: Mm hmm. Wow. That's like, yeah, I'm never, I, I never, knew yeah, never knew that story.
1: And, uh, and so they, they started the first res- rescue mission, New York city rescue mission. It's in downtown New York city. Yeah, It was, it was right at the waterfront. Um, so we are, I just got the first draft, um, wow. this week actually when I was in New That's York exciting. working. Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited, uh, because I feel like this is very uncharted, uncharted territory because we're all waiting for the god blockbuster that's not that's not the passion which in its own right was it was amazing i mean i loved it but i think we're waiting for that and um, well and there's
0: so many movies that have come out that are so much more diverse than that now or more diverse than biblical epics or end time movies which has been the faith-based world yeah so I mean, I, I, th- I saw Hacksaw Ridge, I think, two years ago so or whatever, great. and it was, like, so outside the box of a yeah. faith-based film. Yeah. Because it was so bloody. I've never seen yeah. so much blood in my life. Yeah. But it was so, I mean, I was watching that. I was in there with them um, uh, for for the the team. We went with the press and watched it, mm. and they were all weeping, and a lot of them gave bad reviews to it, but they were all weeping. And the, wow. I've watched two of the ladies who gave bad reviews yeah. weep through the entire movie. Yeah. So it's like there's a little political agenda there. Yeah. But it was really well. interesting because I, I was like, even if you didn't, you said later on you didn't think it was that good, you actually, which a lot of people loved it, mm-hmm. um, you actually cried and got touched by it. Something yeah. happened in your heart. And mm-hmm. I love that there's this genre of movies that's coming out that's exposing people to a different aspect of who God is and who Christians are. Yeah. Because they've always been that, like the, the bad guy in the entire movies, right. horror movies, or they've been that, you know, and all of a sudden we're like showing a different flavor of who, mm-hmm. you know, who, mm-hmm. like this couple. That's an amazing couple. Is that
1: an amazing couple? No, so I us see it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's tricky because you want. You know, you've got to ride the conflict and the tension of of, of having that breakthrough startup like idea that yeah. caters to the the kind of unloved, you know, people of society. Um, but I'm so glad that Todd's on board with that, just because he does not want to make a a faith based movie. Yeah. Um. But there, there's amazing faith based movies, and, and the standard I've been praying for for the industry since 1995. You know, and what are you praying? Um. I am praying that great stories well told would come to the forefront and that people would have encounters in movie theaters Yeah, Um, because they really are. When you're looking at these moving images, you know, I used to look at people like in the audience all the time, just kind of ingesting images, you know, that are being magnified by light. And it just always looked to me like, like a, like a spiritual encounter. Yeah. And I, there's a famous quote. I don't know if it was Cecil B. DeMille about, you know, modern temples being movie theaters, but, um, but I pray for just a, a shift, a mm-hmm. shift for triumphant movies. They don't all have to, you know, redemptive. Everybody loves redemptive storylines. I pitched a story to uh, an atheist, very um, known producer. He loved it. You know, he said, Scott, religion sells, you know, Uh, which, you know, it (laughs) was like, "Oh, that wasn't what I wanted to hear, (laughs) but, but he's right. And it's, it comes back to people wanting hope, you know, we're, we're we're wired for a story, you know, I mean, we're, we're wired for this thing. You know, I mean, Jesus himself was like just such a radical storyteller,
0: you know? Tell me this. What's the biggest encounter you've had from watching a movie or TV show where it changed your identity or even if it wasn't faith-based, just whatever, where it just changed you from the inside out?
1: You know, when I saw On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando when mm-hmm. I was 10, it really, really grabbed me. Um, um,
0: was that when you wanted to become an actor?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. But but because I, I grew up with, with quite a bit of fear and rejection, I kind of didn't really see that as an option for yeah. a while. Um, I love, I love, there was a movie. I don't, I don't think anybody has seen this movie called the wilderness family. And it was a, I think it was a Disney movie and I loved that. Oh, I've seen
0: this family. I've seen this. Movie.
1: Have you seen yes, that?
0: I've seen this movie. Yeah.
1: It's about yeah. a family like leaving LA and yeah. like going to the boonies and I just, I've, you know, big outdoor person. So, um, but I, I want to give you a good answer. No, that's a good answer. I want to give you a, no. Yeah. Let's
0: go back to Mom and Brando because yeah, yeah. you said you struggled yeah. with a lot of fear and anxiety growing up. Yeah. And so you ten years old is a little young to see that movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's super scary. Super like scary. Some of
1: those guys, Lee J. Cobb, and yeah, I mean like some of those guys. And you're, just, you're
0: telling me you watched it and it actually triggered something inside of you where you were impacted by the film industry, which is huge. Like some like and it, and it probably was a branding moment for you to even want to become an actor because you wanted to tell stories that were that powerful. Yeah. I mean, a 10-year-old seeing that movie and having that kind of powerful encounter is a pretty big deal. Yeah. That's like, you know... Yeah. I don't know what we'd compare that to in our day, that kind of movie. But, yeah, that wouldn't be a normal 10-year-old movie. So... Yeah. That's wild. So so where did... And if this is too personal, feel free not to answer, but where did the fear and insecurity or anxiety come from? Um,
1: you know, I, I, I think that that... So I lived in New York City when mm-hmm. I was very young. And just some some traumatic experiences, seeing a dead body, you know, going with my dad to work and a shootout happening. And wow. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, but I, I, I think I was probably born with some of that. And that's just Mm -hmm. based on some, some words I've had over the years that have kind of made sense to me. Um, so I think I did grow up with that profile, that kind of fear and rejection thing. Um, so I think when I saw somebody like Brando who he, I mean, he rocked, America who had been used, you know, he, he just was this kind of raw actor yeah, who's so authentic. I don't know if you've ever seen Streetcar Named Desire, mm-hmm. but, you know, people were just like, I, there's an appreciation that all of us have for authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, what am I, you know, just a personal Scripture that I love, and in, in Song of Songs is is when he says, "Let me hear your voice, let me see your face." Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about authenticity that just heats up our life with with God, yeah. as well as people. You know, everybody's drawn to 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 that, and so I think Marlon Brando impacted me as a kid. Um, I was really fascinated uh, watching him.
0: No, that's a that's, that's a huge, yeah. We just, I think we just got some we mine for some gold on that one because I feel mm. like there's a lot of people who have been impacted by something, and you've now been able to reverse engineer as a Christian and say, I can kind of see what happened. Like I kind of see what awakened in me at that time. You just described the song of Solomon scripture.
2: Yeah,
0: I think other people have been impacted by something that actually changed their identity. They didn't realize it. And it's really beautiful when you can recognize what the Holy spirit's doing, even if it was before you were saved or when you were a child or whatever, because I mean, to have fear and rejection or insecurity and see somebody who became because you're not just saying Molly Brando in that movie. You're saying Molly Brando is an individual of all of his career, like summed up something for you. Yeah. So, yeah. as a Christian, how did, like later on, how did you recognize or identify in one of the most rejecting industries in the world, you, which you went into? You had the courage to go into. How did you identify insecurity and rejection? How did you overcome that? Had or I are you still it? doing it? Yeah. Um, I'm, I would, I am, I'm, I'm still overcoming.
1: Um, yeah, but you know, one of, I mean, another greatest hit scripture is Romans eight, right? In Romans eight, you know, you've not been given the spirit of, um, a lot of translations say bondage. Um, one translation says rejection Yeah, to be made a slave to fear again, but you've been given the spirit of adoption or full acceptance, you know? Um, and when I saw that, I, I, it it arrested me because it was so personal it was so personal to me Um, in Hebrews two 15. It's another one that where he's talking about how Jesus, you know, just took on that, you know, he he released all from slavery who carry that fear of death. And so there was a, I don't think it was the act of dying, Sean, that was like, that kind of spawned fear in me. I think it was more of a spiritual death and kind Mm -hmm. of blackness thing. So before my first, TV, well, I, I I had two very significant encounters as an actor with the Holy Spirit. Wow. They are both in my apartments in New York City. One was in 1993 when I was um, a chaplain. I was in a chaplaincy program at Sloan Kettering's Cancer Ward because I wanted to pray for the sick. Wow. And I came home one night, and I realized that I didn't know the Lord. And so I I called out to him, and I just said, Father, I said— <laughs> i said i don't know if you're real but if you're real i would be so honored if you would reveal yourself to me wow. and so i had grown up with a low level depression my whole life and just physically he lifted that out of me and wow. it was midnight i had just wow. come from sloan kettering and i'm just sitting there like completely wowed in like the bliss and the presence of god and then this whole luminescent thing happens in the room and it was really exciting to me. Um, I did not have a crew of people. I did not have other Christians that I knew of in Hollywood or at that time, I was just doing commercials in theater at the time. Um, so when I woke up the next day, I didn't really want to change my life so much, but I reeled it in a little bit because I was living yeah. foolishly as a single sure. guy in New York city. Um, and then about a year after that i uh i just gave my life to jesus but before that that um before my first t- tv what's called legit tv job that scene with Stalker channing um i got baptized in the spirit in my apartment on Mulberry street and wow. uh, like what happened i i was so scared because of the fear and rejection thing yeah. i was like i'm about to go into the lights oh with like big actors. And this is like on now. And so I thought I would fast and pray. Cause yeah. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to tackle the fear. I just didn't. And, uh, so I fasted and I decided, Like, have you
0: ever fasted before no, that? No, you just decided yeah, to fast.
1: I was like, that's what I've heard about. So, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so like two wow. hours in to my fast It's in the middle of the day on Mulberry street which is like little Italy, like bada bing, like, like, like the whole, like the mob lives yeah. right there. And i um, anyway, I, I'm praying and I just get zapped with like 10,000 volts of electricity. Wow. Yeah. It was just the Lord just letting me know you are my beloved child
0: in whom I'm well pleased. I just knew that.
1: Oh, instantly. Yeah. And, but I was so shocked because I never had a physical experience. I mean, that one in 93 was kind of physical, but it was more yeah.
0: solical. It was yeah, more emotion emotional. Soul.
1: Yeah. This was just like
0: You couldn't make this up, it's just external it power was, came and hit you. Yeah. Wow. And, and I
1: needed a physical encounter. Yeah. I needed a physical encounter. So I opened my eyes and my hands are in the air, and I'm like looking out this big window, sun is blaring in, and then he did it again. He's just like wow. just like full on voltage of the Lord and his love. And, and so, <laughs> so awesome. yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was a game changer for me. Um,
0: yeah. You Do know. you think that I mean, I'm mean, i looking at that moment, I'm thinking of like all these years now you've had where you've raised a family in this industry and you've, you know, you and your wife have made some really strong decisions that are wise, but not always safe. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, that kind of experience helped you to, Stay that course in such a strong way, or was it just the millions of experiences you've had since then with his love, or both?
1: That's been a, that that was a major, yeah, yeah, that 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 was, um,
0: because I feel like a lot of people who tell me that, like, you've met a million of them people who are like, I'm a Christian, I'm doing this, and then like five years later, they're like living the most crazy life you've ever seen, and mm-hmm. you still love them. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a love thing, but you're like, drugs aren't a good deal, you know, yeah, like that, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, like this is, is. not going to work for you, yeah. And, um, the what you told me here, you didn't maintain here. And it's not about hypocrisy or judgment or anything, but just for their sake. Like there's something that didn't click, and I think like you having that God encounter like helped. And I'm saying that because I feel like people are watching and they're wondering, how can I maintain myself in this industry? And part of it's like, like really going after God and yeah. to encounter His heart. That's it. Yeah, in a real way. And I yeah. think that's I think that one of the biggest missing pieces for Christians who pursue you're in this industry that that can be either a Babylon or it can be heaven on earth.
2: Yeah. And right. you
0: have to decide based on your identity That's right. and how you participate. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, part of the maturing experience has been a, you know, kind of meted out deliverance from rejection wow. and fear. You know, it, 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 it's not been an instantaneous thing. Um, you know, it's like I used to, discouragement, I had such easy access to discouragement. It was just at the door for me because, you know, when I, when I do the math and I figure out the amount of auditions that I go in for, um, and what I book of those auditions, it's about 1%. Yeah. It's about one out of a hundred,
0: which is super common, which is super common, but it still plays into that. But it's like,
1: wow, you know, you're lucky to be able to, figure out the math on that because it means that you're getting a lot of auditions. Yeah. Um,
0: which but, isn't common. That part's not common. That but the part's people not who common. get yeah. a lot of auditions. It's, yeah. It's very low. Even people who are really well known. Yeah. It's very low yeah. to get the audition. That's right. Unless yeah. the person had you in their head when they came after you in the first place to have you audition. Yeah. If you're just a cold auditioner, yeah. no matter who you are, yeah. you typically don't get the job because they're right. going through like 150 people. Yeah. That's right. So I'm just saying that so in the context of like where people go, yeah. you know, oh, it's easy. No, I remember hearing Whoopi Goldberg saying, "I still have to audition for everything I get," and people think I can just go in and make whatever movie I want. And she's she's like, "I still fail getting most auditions." So I'm just saying that in the context of having discouragement or fear or rejection, yeah. again, this industry you chose with yeah. God to yeah, be yeah. in yeah. is so anti being able to have those issues and maintain those issues without killing yourself. You yeah. know, yeah. So obviously you've come a long way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to go into it being kind of mission minded. Wow. Um, because if you go into it, I took things personally for a while, you know, getting rejected and turned away. And I, I was like the worst profile emotionally on the interior to, to become an actor just because of what, you know, I've already mentioned, but, um, but I think when you see it, you know, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going mad with the scripture today, but again, just Romans 8, when he says, um, when Paul says uh, that the Lord has determined your destiny mm-hmm. beforehand, before the world was made, and he has thus called you to himself. So it's like our calling, it's union. Yeah, with Jesus. It's, it's oneness. It's the last prayer that he prayed before going to the cross, John 17. It's just been my, and so when I realized that I'm actually a son of God who gets to do some acting, it just flips it for me violently.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's much, it's, it's, it's better. It's holistic and healthy, but it, it can become without that family of believers, you know, without, um, as, as, Jude says, contending for the one true faith, like w- without just contending for what's real, um, you know, the storytelling industry, it can be barren and, and very, you know, be filled with adversity for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just want to hear before we close the segment, um, in the context of that, like having kind of rejection, kind of anxiety, fear stuff. How uh, being in the industry, you're also raising a family industry. So yeah. like, obviously, you know, your daughters go to school, your wife has a real life. How has that affected? Like as your growth in that and through that, how is that affected on the family level? Like, um, was it mostly towards the industry and career stuff or did it affect you guys? Like, you know I, know, I know some people who struggle with that. It's like they take it as we, you know, like they could be have seven movies in a row, but still be fighting for finances for. Paying the bills and feeling like they're rejected from God or whatever, they're not good enough. Yeah. And then it affects your home life or whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, have you had those kinds of moments where you and your wife had come to Jesus moments? And because your yeah. wife feels like she doesn't struggle with that. She feels like she's the opposite. I it could be wrong because I don't know her very well. Yeah. But she feels like she has kind of a strength in those places in our identity mm-hmm. differently than you do. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, we all have our struggles. Like I would be more like you, and my wife would be more maybe like your wife strong strong yeah, <laughs> yeah. alpha alpha yeah. <laughs> that's nice yeah yeah
1: jenny um is um just has really completed me <clears throat> in some of those dimensions where i have needed to mature a yeah. lot um she's you know just the most perfect choice that's Um, all you married up yeah dude i so (laughs) married up is there
0: a time like when you were going through something like you were auditioning a lot and she said the right like is she that person who says the right thing to kind of yeah
1: yeah. she she is such a source of encouragement
0: yeah for me
1: um because madness can set in yeah there can be
0: madness that's why it's going to be married period yes
1: hello (laughs) but but madness can really yeah set in when you you know i i mean i've
0: no, I, I love the relationship between you and your wife. And um, it feels like a real source of strength. And, yeah. And like, what, what is Jenny's dream? What is her, what does she want in life?
1: Yeah. Um, so Jenny is getting a master's right now in mm. child psychology.
0: That's um, amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think she wants to bring kingdom principles into um, that world for yeah. children. Cause we both look at each other and we're like, how can kids navigate today? With, yeah. With, you know, just with, uh, Oh, it's my favorite. I love that. Isn't that. Great. Isn't that cool? Yeah. But I know she's going to come alongside me as a producer. Yeah. She's, she's reading this script. The, uh, by the way, that movie before it's called the river thief, the one oh, that I'm wow. producing, producing oh, wow. with Todd. Um, so she's going to read that. Jenny has done a little bit of producing. She worked for the Discovery Channel for a little while. Okay. She made her living as a, as a photographer for years. Oh, so she's nice. got an
0: incredible eye. That's why you guys have good pictures. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On your Facebook, it's like, oh, wow, they yeah. they, all look, they all look very pretty all I the time. stay up on that. But, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. But um, we storyboarded. I mentioned Esther before. We did that together you know there's some stories that we want to tell i've got a slate of about so there's seven. like a real
0: partnership you guys are going to go yeah, after that's yeah, amazing
1: yeah but wow. i think i think we've realized that i think her primary drive aside from being you know a mother to our children is yeah. is going to be um outside of marriage obviously but is going to be um the child psychology masters and um but yeah i don't think i could do this without her yeah. I don't think I could I could do this journey without Jenny.
0: No, that's a great statement. Yeah,
1: I don't I I don't know if I'd want to. Mm-hmm. Um because she reminds me of you know just really important principles, biblical stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. You know? I call through my grounding wire. Right? I'm like you have the best Come boundaries. On. Like how do I keep boundaries like you? I'm just going to stay with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is for real. Gonna, yeah. yeah. For real. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stay
0: with you. This is like this is good. Well, thank you so much for just sharing those things. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Exploring the Industry listeners, we have an incredible book that I just released just for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and decorations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, decorations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and decorations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Decorations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at BowlsMinistries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. so here we go we're gonna play a game it's called something real and something fake based on things in your life or kind of in your life or rumoredly reported in your life so here we go the first one is i've heard that you like to do or you used to like gold digging Mm -hmm. not like gold diggers like the singers and rappers but Mm -hmm. like gold digging like Mm -hmm. you actually mine for gold yeah panning or uh
1: dredging like, what is dredging okay so dredging so i was i had a close friend we're out of touch who uh who built calvary chapel costa mesa nice. with chuck smith and lonnie frisbee and that was his crew the jesus and, people movement the jesus people yeah, yeah yep yep so thomas is a gold miner and he and he was at he one point stuff. supporting five families in oregon um mining gold so wow. we went down to australia for kind of a surfing gold mining expedition and it was great fun we had a dredge that we built in milanda australia wow and it would move 18 cubic yards of gravel per hour so we would be underwater with oxygen oh tanks yeah dude like underwater this is a
0: career this wasn't a hobby. this yeah, is I mean, this this was 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 way beyond i was picturing you like a little river yeah just like a, little, a you know yeah. so that's what you do <laughs> at the end
1: what you do at okay. the end is you take your pan, but if you want to get real gold and wherever there's gold, there's topaz, nice. there's sapphires, there's rubies, there's all So did you good. get a bunch of that stuff? I did. Tons. Do you have Yeah stuff I didn't left? bring them today?
0: No, I know, but that's amazing. Yeah. So your wife can be decked out like yes, a royal family. I, I
1: or... love the, the gemstones. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing.
0: So okay, so here's yeah. two facts based on yeah. the gold rush that happened in California back in the day, eighteen fifties. So here's two, you have to decide eighteen forty nine, there you go. Cool. And you have to decide which one is true and which one isn't. Here's number one No one likes to pay taxes, but miners really, really didn't like to pay taxes in those days. Mining was backbreaking work, and taxes on top of all the work was a special kind of insult. Shortly after California achieved statehood, the town of Rough and Ready, yes, there is a town called Rough and Ready, decided it had enough of mining taxes. It issued a manifesto which declared that citizens were not willing or not only willing to withdraw from the United States of America, but to do so forcibly if necessary. That's back number one. Oh. That's how to pay taxes. Number two, human prisoner versus bear fights were like the gold rushes version of Real Housewives. According to Wicked California, <laughs> fight organizers would chain a murderer or thief with one weapon of their choice up to ne- next to a grizzly bear, and then spectators would stand back to see what would happen. Miners would bet on the outcome, and everyone would be a, have a racious good time watching two rip each other to pieces. There were no record of human wins, though. Which one is true? Both. No. The second one was – or the first one was true. Sorry. Wait, let me say that again. No, the first one was true, which is Have Rough you? and Ready was actually willing to become its own country, which is pretty crazy. Its wow. own sovereignty. But the first one was actually bulls versus bears. So there actually was this. It was bulls versus bears, but not humans versus bears. But I'm sure they probably did it once. What? Bulls? Bulls. They would wow. actually take bulls and bears. Because I feel like i was entertaining. Like- like, well, people used to wrestle bears. That was a big deal. Okay. Like in those days, they would bring a yeah. bear, but they would declaw and and teeth it, oh. and then they would wrestle bears, and they would get like money or whatever for wrestling a bear. Poor but bear. this was a little different. Poor okay, bear. you did great. Okay, here we go. Even though you, you, even though I got both wrong, you got no, you got one right because you said both. Yeah. So you, you still got a point. Okay. This oh, is nice. good. You still got a point. Awesome. You're playing for more water. It's great. Yeah. Okay. It's delicious water. Buddy. Your most famous relative that I know of is Dean Winters, yeah. your brother, which we talked about earlier. And here's two. Possible facts about him. <laughs> Number one, according to the Outline magazine online, team or I put team, Dean Winters is actually bald. Except he has many versions of hair transplants that claim that he's a very handsome man, even with Barbie type hair transplants that are obvious when you come up close to him. <laughs> Number two, Hollywood Reporter just released an article that reports Dean Winters actually is doing experiment. That possibly is for a movie where he's just giving away hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own personal wealth. Many people have caught on and have been sending him letters asking for money for everything from divorce attorneys to be paid all the way for charity giving. Mr. Winters has not given any money to such causes, but gives away anywhere from a hundred to $10,000 a day as part of a social experiment. Which one is true?
1: Which one was written?
0: Which one was written? The first one. It's It's true. It was written. So I'm assuming your brother does not have Barbie hair transplants. No. <laughs> he looks like he has a great head of hair. You have a great he head of hair. Yeah. I mean, you were known for your long hair, but I was yeah. laughing so hard when we when this guy came to me from Outline Magazine. <laughs> send saying, it to me. Uh, sure. Yeah. we send it you. to. He he will totally appreciate that. He totally will. Here we go. Okay. So reportedly you were in a show on Netflix called Borgia's. And this show was very amazing. Very, I mean, did you like being on the show? Was it amazing? I did, yeah. It, was a, it was I mean, a must have a great cast been that, of actors, and the the costuming. And yeah, the, and I mean, just, just everything was couture, so beautiful. Fashion. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. So here's two facts based on the Borgias, uh, or based on your character in the one. The first one is before his syphilis problem, one uh-huh. of the most famous Borgias, Cesare, mm-hmm. was by all accounts a very handsome man. There are even claims that the European depictions of Jesus Christ are based off of his face. Mm. number two your character is based on a well-known artist and construction worker named tell me his name because i can't say it
1: riario sansoni
0: there you go I, I haven't watched it in a long time nice. and i'm reading this saying yeah, yeah. i do not know a european yeah. who in real life was a renaissance man helping to build the palazzo and even became a priest he was also accused of murdering his mother's brother who tried to make him eat his own undergarments when he was a child which one is true
1: the first one
0: it's true can you believe that, like, I, I read Isn't about this crazy? after I saw this fact that yeah. probably yeah. up to 100 depictions of Jesus were based on Oh, him. yeah, on
1: Cesare Borgia, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: And then he had syphilis and he wore a mask.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I love about Mark Ryder? What? Who played, yeah. who played uh Cesare was when we first met, um, within 10 minutes, he tells me how the Holy Spirit rocked him in his treehouse when he was 14 oh my in Northern Ireland yeah that's amazing isn't that cool yeah right. he was We're a just, really good actor he was really oh good oh my gosh yeah. he was good yeah yeah he has a never great... took an acting class no yeah
0: how'd they find him
1: um he just read wow he just read yeah no he, he did amazing really good guy yeah
0: no they didn't show him die but they did show him get syphilis didn't they they did yeah, 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 I yeah that. Yeah. i was trying to think okay here we go oz yeah yeah two facts about reboots one is about Oz, one is about another show. You got to decide which one is true. The first one is Oz, we're going a mini series reunion. The point of the show then was in some terms to examine the prison system, which is still highly relevant today, Fontana said who was part of that show. The HBO series, which premiered in 1997, aired its final season in 2003 and explored controversial and then-untouched subjects and featured a cast of crazy personalities. That's fact number one. It will get a miniseries reboot. Number two, the Office reboot is all but official. Every character but two have signed off. Steve Carell, who played Michael Scott, has been lovingly talked into the reboot by his very own wife, who spoke her advice when he hosted Saturday Live in the year 2018. Which one is true? Second one. It is true. Is that crazy? He kept saying he wouldn't do it. And I'm so glad for that. They're almost there, which is really cool. Was just I just started it watching week. it
1: because my daughters. Oh,
0: you've never seen it? I love it. Isn't I mean, it weird that like kids are watching it now? It's like, twelve weird. year olds. It is. Are it watching is. it? and They're it like getting into it. The first time through, there's a lot of anxiety because he's so awkward. Like yeah. there's, like, I know so many people are like, I can't watch it because of I'm like, no, 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 watch it through because then yeah. if you can watch it again after that, yeah you pick up on so many things yeah. it's, it's an amazing i didn't like it when it first came out yeah but then i started liking it you did great thanks buddy you got three out of four Dude, that's amazing um yeah oz could not do a miniseries because everybody dies i know that's what i thought yeah so everyone dies but they actually are talking about a uh, reboot miniseries they? yeah they are For it was oz? actually yeah but it wasn't uh, nothing's been greenlit but there it was done, like three or four articles because i looked that up to verify and I was like, "Is this happening or not happening?" And then, and there was actually three articles about. There's a potential for a spinoff or some sort of reboot. Yeah, wow. you couldn't come back on though. I can come back it on, you. unless
1: it was pre a ghost, right? <laughs> a ghost. Assuring <laughs> me on one show They're Like, Scott, We do a lot of ghosts here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, thanks for playing the game.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. That
0: was fun. Everyone needs someone to process their prophetic journey with them, and we have created a new online mentoring platform where you can grow at your own pace, where we help you to develop your own spiritual journey of hearing God's voice. I want to help be your mentor. We have videos, interactive webinars, over five new videos each week. They're going to advance you in your journey and authority. We have so many special opportunities in this platform that you don't want to miss it including all of our other e-courses coming for free when you subscribe, come grow with me. Let me train you in your ability to hear from God and interpret what you hear and really bring applications so that your real life is affected by your spiritual faith. Go to bullsministries.com and sign up under e-courses. Welcome to Exploring the Industry. I'm Sean Bowles. I'm here with my guest, actor Scott Winners, and also producer Scott Winners, which yes. is really fun. Yeah. I just discovered that today, Yeah, which is fun. So we're talking, we're I, I'm I wanna take our, our listeners and our, our viewers on some deep journeys as far as you just told me some stories in the break that I'd never heard before. Mm. And one of them was really interesting because it was it was around the Goodwill hunting time and you had mentioned it previously, but when the picture came up, because we're talking about like how God yeah. weaves the narrative of who we are yeah. and helps to encourage us of our calling in the industry. And I think you're you're the type of person who probably would downplay a lot. Because um, you're so humble. You really are just a humble guy. And so I think like you would, if you say something, you don't want to risk anybody thinking that you think it's bigger than it is. But yeah. at the same time, part of learning about how God speaks to us in the industry and keeps you here, keeps you safe, keeps you thriving is that he does have a relationship where he uses films, television, the things that you're doing to be messages to you as well and to actually help help guide your process. And so I thought this was fascinating and I asked you to share it. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So
1: I shared before that I I, I, I had told Jesus in the summer of 95, right before doing this one man theatrical show, that I wanted him to use me. Yeah. in Hollywood. And I was probably used different wording. I probably said something like, I want to be your man in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was what I said. Um, and so within a short period, um, I got to work with these two favorite directors, one of which was Gus Van Zandt on *Goodwill Hunting. And what was really fun for me, I didn't know what a success the movie was going to be. The script was amazing. Um, Robin Williams was in it. Uh, Gus was directing it, but, but it really did turn out well it was everybody's favorite movie for still is for many um so when i was watching the oscars um that was the same year that the movie the apostle with robert duvall came out which 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 i love yeah yeah phenomenal so good um and so they would go and this was just a little i felt like this was a wink from my heavenly father to me to let me know like i've got you um so I'm watching the Oscars with a group of people at an Oscar party and uh every time they would um you know best screenplay or best director or best film they would start with The Apostle. Yeah. And they would finish by saying Robert Duvall or uh whoever The Apostle. And then instantly my face would come up on the big screen at the Oscars in this scene that I had with Matt Damon. And that happened like three times. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was such a great source of encouragement for me because it made me realize that I'm not crazy yeah. and that I'm not mad and that it's okay uh, that his strength is made perfect in our weakness because, you know, that was, a, I had a big idea, but the execution of big ideas sometimes can can look daunting.
0: Well, and I think you were probably pretty alone in the sense that you weren't surrounded by like a Christian community who was saying, let's go after Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people did you even know that had a similar thought at that time? None. None. Yeah. And so God's like showing you, you have this call. And the word apostle in the Bible, it basically, it was a secular term. Mm-hmm. It was a term. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it yeah, a yeah. naval term. And it was, you know, they they helped Jesus. Said, I'm going to build my foundation on apostles and prophets. So it's mm-hmm. like building a foundation in the entertainment industry for what God wants to do. That's such a beautiful picture that he's like, hey, Son, yeah, you are called here to do this. And a lot of people who are major at work in the kingdom, so to speak, in the in the sense of church-centric activity, they had similar callings for the church-centric activity or the missions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We need people to have these kinds of encounters and these moments where God keeps affirming. This is one of many for you, but where God keeps affirming like in such a really clear way through the genre you're in. Hey son, I got you. Yeah. Like I have you here. You're going to build. You're going to do some things, and it feels like a lot of your career, you've been in those moments where it's like you've you've just been working really hard, and then now you're going into a season where you're. I mean, this is my perception that you're going to start do working on some of your dream projects. Mm-hmm. You're not just working at helping other people's dreams come about and just being a player in their in their and their movies and their TV shows, which is also very fun. But there's yeah. some greater ambitions that we articulate through your wife and you have some, some dreams. Yeah. And it feels like something's culminating right now, which is really cool. Cause it goes back to when God first began to reveal to you yeah. this apostolic kind of whatever you want to call it, yeah, calling, Yeah, you know, yeah whether yeah. whether it's that language or not, that's a language that, you know, made sense at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a lot of comfort when I read, you know, about Abraham and about Moses yeah. and about these high points that they have with the Lord, but then, you know, time and the passage of time and yeah. maturity and intimacy.
0: And you God. probably never thought it was going to be no. this many years before you started producing or doing no. some of the things that you felt were the greater things as far as assignment on your life. Yeah, I, I didn't. And
1: so there would be, a, I would be trapped sometimes into almost becoming um, like a prisoner mm. of, to promotion. To wanting to be promoted, or like it's almost like bondage to the future, or like a slave Mm. to your destiny. Yeah. And the problem with that is that you're missing everything that God has for you today, right now, today. Yeah. Right now, today.
0: Um, I think Christians have ambition. Period. can understand that. Yeah. Because yeah. Sometimes we have sure. such a reach for tomorrow that we don't have any contentment today. Yeah. Like it's like tomorrow's my day and contentment. What a beautiful word. That's a beautiful word. It is like today's an important, like I think of be when you were working on Oz, which is probably not, you know, it was a beautiful, amazing project. I love some of the stories. I'd love for you to tell some more stories about that. Yeah. It probably wasn't your A project that you would have chosen. If you could do everything yeah. that's in your lineup. Right, right. That makes the most sense to your faith and to your creativity. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have worked on some of these projects, but this is how God trained you. Yeah. And this is who he wanted you to be around. This is what, and also you were supposed to be a contributor on these projects. Like yeah. it actually helped the projects. Yeah. But I think a lot of us as Christians, we think, you know, we don't get to choose our process because God's doing something so we can have a God result instead of a human result. But I know, like, a lot of us are like, okay, I would have, like, the the person who's the barista or the bartender, you know, you were a bartender. Like, the person who's a barista and going, God, I'm an actor. Yeah. Why am I barista for five years and doing commercials? You know, it's like, you called me an actor, and God's like, I want to train you to be who you're supposed to be, and this is the environment I can train you in. Yeah. And that's really hard for as Christians because we want the process that our friends have that's a straight and narrow normal,
2: yeah.
0: As opposed to God saying, "Hey, you want a, you want a God result? Let me give you a God process. You're going to be in this kind of TV show for now, and you're like, what? Yeah, you know, not that I'm putting words in your mouth. You haven't said this, but I'm just you know like I. But I, I wholeheartedly you know. agree. Yeah. So let's talk about Oz for a minute because yeah, yeah. we were also talking about how. Your faith, like God gave you, in the midst of a really unique show that probably a lot of our viewers haven't watched because mm-hmm. of just the edginess of it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he allows you to be you. He allows yeah. you to have some moments of faith and expression. Mm-hmm. Like they actually rewrote the character and wrote some yeah. things in for you. Yeah, because of who you are, which is really special. That doesn't always happen. I know. So what happened? It, it, yeah, that was that was
1: favor. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had um, I I love uh, Tom Fontana. He's, uh, he's just a wonderful guy, two or three time Emmy winning, you know, one of the more known producers yeah. in television um, and very revolutionary. Um, a lot of camera work you see today would have come from Tom. A lot of, you know, really the best writers today are in television. Um, because that's where the best stories are being told. Yeah. It used to be film. But, um, but Tom, because of the affection that I've always had for him, I, I wanted to talk to him about Jesus, because wow. that's what we want to do, yeah. right? We want to give it away. And so I would talk to Tom about Jesus. And uh, we had some incredible conversations, um, so much so um, that he ended up imbuing um, a love for Jesus into my character, the character wow. that I played, Cyril O'Reilly, um, again, who had this brain damage from a gang fight. And so I had the mind, the character had the mind of a five-year-old, but he was a real fighter, very yeah. similar to Lenny. Yeah. In of mice and men. So, um, so Tom would give me monologues about Jesus. Wow. And we had a big audience on us. Yeah. And that was really special to me. Like that was, again, that was a fatherly affirmation. Like you're my beloved son. And we're doing this together. Yeah, because it's very easy to get discouraged in an industry like Hollywood that everybody wants to get the brass ring, everybody wants to win, mm-hmm. but there's so much um, rejection. It's just very easy to get discouraged. So I found that with with uh, the Lord, so many times, so many times. You know, um, you know what's really fun for me now, Sean is. What? is I am getting more offers as an actor than I've ever gotten.
0: Nice. Yeah. 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 Which is
1: like, how's that happening?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, as I'm moving more, uh, I mean, I'm not going to stop acting, yeah. but, um, I am doing more producing, which I love because then yeah. I have, I control the content. Um, but yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've had, I've been, I've guest starred on shows where they might ask, um, something that was, was considered very compromising was not, um, either told or even mentioned in the script. Um, so it comes as a complete surprise and I've just found,
0: well tell them one story without yeah. saying the name, if you don't want to say the name of the show. Just sure.
1: To... So, so there was a hit show on, uh, FX with a, a, a very well-known actor. And, um, I guest starred on that show to play a Catholic priest and I did an episode and it was great. I had a great scene with the star and funny enough, my brother Dean was on that show oh, wow. and, uh, uh, and so I found out at the next episode that my character was a pedophile and that's one of the things that I just don't want to play. Yeah. Not that pedophiles can't be redeemed, but I'm just not interested in projecting a couple different images of characters. So I, I talked to the producers, I yeah. called them and, uh, and came up with a couple of alternative endings cause you don't want to just be emotive about it. You want to actually try and help them, but they were very adamant. So I, I quit and I just, I said, I'm not going to play that character. So we had no. already filmed an episode, but the onus was really on them to have told me, cause I consider that very sensitive kind of content. Um, I've guest starred on other shows where one show, they added a sex scene to it and I don't do sex scenes. So uh, when I, I found, when I came to the producer, um, a Lionsgate guy, very well known, um, he was so, uh, amenable he was he was convicted actually wow. he just was like oh no problem and so i i was tell, tell yeah. how that
0: works so like okay you're <laughs> in a contract and they throw another scene in and i know that you get paid for they'll like sometimes offer you more money to do the scene or whatever like a sex scene or, or whatever Someone's just asks you to do it and when you say no typically when you say no to a director yeah a lot of times you get reprimanded by your agent or there could be there could be some you know spin off. yeah problems because yeah. that happens but yeah but um for someone to like actually like like for you do you have it in does your agent represent that to like every script that comes your way
1: my my agents know you know like no, who you i am won't do yeah they know what's in my heart yeah um i often like to entertain a conversation yeah. about a character um but I, just a couple of the rules that i already mentioned um, so they will put stuff on my desk, like 95 to 99% of the time I won't do a horror movie. Um, yeah. but there's some fun horror movies out there. Sure. And, uh, so, so I always, I just say, look, send them to me like, cause I want to read it. Yeah, and who if, knows? You, you know, just, yeah. you, you never know. Um, have you seen Ben Hur? Loving her—that's good. I just yeah. saw that on the plane yesterday from New York. Sorry, total nonsense. <laughs> uh, well,
0: it's, uh, it's interesting because one of the things you said—you wouldn't be a rapist or you wouldn't uh, be a pedophile—and I have friends who've done both. Yeah, yeah. um One friend who—he yeah. loved it. As a matter of fact, I watched his episode, and I was in again Indonesia or Singapore somewhere, and his episode came on in Law and Order, and he was a pedophile, and it took me a while to overcome. I mean, he's a good friend. I was like. I hate you right now. <laughs> it took me like a couple of weeks to get over like the fact that what, it, but he was also abused. So in the show, it was really interesting. I had another friend who he played a rapist in like seven lifetime movies. And his daughters, when they are old enough, they went back and watched some of his stuff and they were really, it was hard. Yeah. Like, and he was like, he actually regretted playing the role. Not that yeah. he thought it was bad for everyone to play. Someone needs to play those roles and yeah. there was resolution and, it was bad that he was a rapist, but it was good that there was always resolution against the rapists on the shows. But he actually didn't ever want to take those, and he did it for a paycheck only. Mm-hmm. And he kind of compromised us internally. He was like, "I don't want to do this," and didn't realize it would have ramifications on his daughters because it was really hard for him. Yeah, really hard for them. And one of them had experienced an almost rape in school, and it like oh, it was this whole yeah. picture where it, and she saw the movies around that time, and it was just one of the setup movies. So it's interesting if you don't go all of us have our own core values as far as what we can and can't do. And if you don't go with those core values and you compromise them, you really, there's a bad payoff. Yeah. Like when you compromise them. but you've actually stayed to these core values all the whole time. Yeah. 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 So no sex scenes. No, yeah. that's a huge one because that's, that's a big one. That's a big one. Cause, cause you know, lot. we know
1: great, there's some great believers in the industry who at some point, you know, might have just done that. Um, and you know, when you're on a set and you've been on sets and there's a hundred people and there's gaffers and best boys and grips and electricians are walking over everything. There's, there's rarely anything that's actually authentic, but it's more the image projection of it and, and in family and the repercussions to your point about, um, you know, what you want to have control over. So yeah, so I've been lucky. I've, you know, um, I probably have, had a reputation at times with, um, you know, decision makers, influential people. I've, I've been up for some very big roles that, you know, it's between me and a star. And now those are, I, 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 did reputation get involved with some of those decisions? I'm not sure, but, but I know that, um,
0: but i would say this though cuz a lot of people who are entering their career they are looking for role models like how do you actually have these kinds of standards and and for you who's done a lot of gritty stuff a lot of rated r stuff you know a lot of mature stuff and could keep your standards to me that's like unheard of but not and it's good that you're you're here sharing this because it helps to say you can have some things on the table and off the table you're allowed you're you're in charge of you And I think a lot of people are waiting for someone to help them or just that God will magically do it instead of having a value that's set. And I remember Jenny was telling me one time, like, yeah, just in our marriage and what we've chosen, he's not going to do any love scenes. And I said, that's really, it was years ago. She told Mm -hmm. me that I was like, that's amazing because you know, for you guys to just know that that's part of your conviction and everyone's different. So everyone has different convictions about that. But, but the fact that you've been able to have a prolific career still to Mm -hmm. me is like, thank God you exist and that you said yes, because we need that example. We need that role model for other people who are emerging and saying, you know, like I have a friend who's a model right mm-hmm. now. She's doing fashion We call the time. i have her on the show. It's just great. Her name oh, is Miranda. Cool. And she also leads revival. Oh, meetings. Miranda, Miranda, and Jeremy Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miranda won't dress in front of a guy. Mm-hmm. When you go in the yeah. like behind the scenes, they oh yeah, dress you. It's yeah, like you yeah. take off all your clothes. And they, and and they stand there off. waiting. And oh, you yeah. have to go you into the bathroom there. and be like, I'll be right back. Exactly. Yeah. She won't do it. And she won't, she won't do anything that's seductive or like super sexual or whatever. And she's still becoming an emergent, and she's also older, so she's not 22, she's like yeah. 33 or 34. Yeah, and she just said, You know what? I'm following God in this, and it's easy for me because I know who I am to say no. And if I lose an opportunity, it's great, there's another opportunity, like yeah. I, you know. But I think the fallacy for Christians when you come in is that you're going to get a reputation and that you won't be hireable yeah. if you have high standards. But I think you can have. The right standards, and some people just do religious standards. But I mean, you have the right standards, and it's kind of a navigation with the Holy Spirit and with your family and your friends. That's it. But it's case by case, case project by project. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I have a couple. Because Holy Spirit wants to do it with us, right? Thank you. Yeah. He wants to do it with us. He really enjoys, like, you know, going on this journey. Well, tell me about, like, Dexter saying
0: yes to Dexter. I'm going to go there first. Um, When you said yes to Dexter, did you have, like, kind of a feeling of, like, yeah, this is okay. I have permission to do this, or was it just kind of you can just navigate by just inner conviction, or is it is it kind of a Holy Spirit moment where you're like praying about it and saying, God, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, it it felt like, um, it actually felt to me in that particular project that it was I was kind of, um, being assaulted by like a religious spirit about it, because really it was very authentic cop language and I'm getting angry at another cop who's had relations with my sister. And so I just, I thought about it and you know, it's, it's, that's why it's case by case. I won't have a rule with profanity. Um, You know, I mean, you know, what if, I mean, all these people are redeemable. And and hopefully when you're playing a character really authentically, you're going to elicit, you know, compassion for the guy, or love for the person, or whatever is required. But with Dexter, what was interesting to me about Dexter was when they signed me on, they signed me on for four episodes and it went from four to two. And okay. so I thought maybe that was actually the Holy Spirit. Cause I, I think when I did it, I was like, wow, this feels like a first for me. Cause you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it just a bunch of language and, um, but I felt like that was kind of the Lord giving me a little backdoor because maybe the next couple episodes were going to be, you know, not as tasteful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, That's. I like that because it's the protection. Again, your perception when you're walking with God, you're saying, maybe God protected me versus a lot of people who would be like, oh, no, my opportunity is gone. Right. And again, we're trying to – we're creating conversation for people who are going in the industry to say – how do you navigate yeah. you have to have a relationship with God if yeah. you're if you're gonna be a Christian in this you have to have a relationship yeah. with God or yeah. else you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in places that you've never led yourself into because everyone's willing to lead you yeah but if you want to be led by God it's gonna to be totally different totally different yeah yeah, yeah. I mean and I, better I, it's totally a, it's, it's an uptrade. trade yeah it's yeah
1: don't 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 do this on your own <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly yeah. okay so I have some some kind of industry questions for you yeah so one is um, how many times do you think you've died? and <laughs> different projects
1: i'm dying this week oh you're dying no no i died last week you died last week yeah, I, yeah. uh and how many, good are you at dying how good am i yeah it's, you get a nice uh, little nap Actually, <laughs> um,
0: like i I've, I've never asked you for this but is it a long period that you're on set just sitting there dead depends on the length of yeah. the scene
1: yeah if they're if they're shooting a master yeah and you've just been shot and there's a lot of dialogue you know, with the pro- protagonist and antagon- whatever, then y- you might be there for a while. So, <laughs> but uh, it's so. It, it's often a welcome situation because okay. you get to rest. <laughs> I just can although I, like, I, I'm getting paid for laying here. I had just been shot, and there was like a big old blood stain on the wall behind me, and I'm a CIA guy, and I'm like up against the wall, kind of mangled it was it was not super comfortable oh no, I couldn't I couldn't really nap. Like, but hello, I've, hello, yeah hello, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I've died a
0: lot, I mean, I've seen you die in probably four or five things, so I'm just How wondering no you're great you're, you're great at dying <laughs> thank, you. thank you you're like you do it well yeah but i mean how many how many do you think you have for real for real yeah 10 wow it's lot of the death scenes
1: yeah well so much of of the television world is law
0: yeah in order yeah
1: and police and you know
0: did you die in dexter
1: no. Okay,
0: you weren't like killed by wait, him or anything. No,
1: I wasn't. No. <laughs> You're like, yeah, wait, wait. No, there <laughs> was, was that a killed? boot on my neck. That's right. I didn't get shot. Um, no, I didn't die on Dexter. Because everybody
0: dies on Dexter, yeah. right? So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be the CIA hero oh, okay. on uh, this recent show, but um, because th- that's the way the character was going. And I didn't yeah. ask the producers, but we all had a great rapport and then found out that. You, when you guest star on a TV show, you're yeah. generally there to kind of exalt and yeah. and build the, the mythology maybe, yeah. around their series regulars. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say probably 10, Sean.
0: What was your favorite time?
1: Favorite time of death?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, um, Oz. Yeah? Yeah. How I did get, giant? you were I got right. the electric chair. Oh, okay. And, and you had really to do an electric chair and, and there's a whole panel of people who are watching – And and that's kind of real life. And they put a bag over your head. And before they put the bag over my head, I just have this breakdown. And then they put the bag over my head. And then Ernie Hudson flips the switch. And it's really, yeah. That was just, that was, for me, that was kind of epic because it was the last episode of the entire series.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And and so my character dies in the last episode.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, How long did it take you to kind of get over that scene, like when you were did you come right out and you're like let's have dinner or were you like oh i
1: probably had some quiet a little quiet time yeah. i think jenny was on the set actually that day um has
0: she ever seen she saw it then
1: i she was probably in video village watching okay she probably was she would not wait was she one of the panel members because i've had my dad I, like if i have a friend or somebody yeah. i'll just put him in you know yeah. which is really fun but but i think i think so how do I become she good enough I friends to was, become a
0: panel member and watch you die at a show? <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny about
1: that was um, they invited me down to Washington, D.C. because there was a whole thing at that time about executing the mentally challenge. And, uh, um, yeah. Interesting.
0: That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Here's my other yeah. question. Yeah. So how many love interests have you had on movies and TV shows and that kind of thing? I have a leading question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one on beautifully broken, this, this Christian film that I did, and I had so many people come up to me and they're like, I'm so glad you didn't kiss her. <laughs> and and a couple times it almost felt like, like unreal, but, but it works. It works. Yeah. Uh, so
0: yeah, a lot of faith-based films, they won't cross that line. Yeah. Which see. is, which is, uh, which is fine. That's fine. But
1: That's fine. It's just a limited, probably a limited. Yeah. Movie.
0: It feels, it doesn't always feel as authentic because yeah. of that, but yeah i kiss my wife all the time so like, all the time
1: yeah it's yeah it's great uh i would say one two dead zone um yeah probably like like three not a lot yeah for a leading because i'm a leading man yeah but but like not a, not a lot um, yeah it's not
0: a lot for yeah, all the roles you not. Played. yeah that's actually surprises me yeah so i think that again
1: that's i think that's the father's wisdom yeah in shepherding me through
0: yeah, we're yeah. all, yeah, everyone's unique. So it's yeah. like he knows you. That's really wild. Mm. Cause I think of like a lot of um, major, major action type movies or, or dramatic roles or even these long order type shows. There's not a lot of romance. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly limited. Yeah. And the romance. And you, you don't True. really think of that when you're thinking of like rom coms and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. all romance. It's all romance. Yeah. So you're in a lot of things that doesn't happen. But has there yeah. ever been a time with those three or four that, um, like when you walk away from it that you're like, that was weird. Or I feel like I'm getting over a break like if someone breaks up with you or something yeah. happens. Is there ever a yeah. time where you're like, okay, I just I have to separate myself from this whole character. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, being married and yeah. just having like real conviction for <clears throat> being a, a faithful husband, um, I have, you know, fortunately I've not had to be in real awkward situations. Yeah. Um, I did, one came to mind where, you know, they really wanted me kissing this gal and she was kind of scantily clad and I was
0: like. I yeah. love viewing her as scantily clad. Yeah. That's really cute. <laughs> She's scantily clad. Um, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I didn't want to say <laughs> bra. Uh, yeah.
1: And, but I, um, yeah, that was odd for me because they hadn't told me. Yeah. Yeah. That was not, that it sounds
0: like you get ambushed a lot with things. They don't they tell you. They will ambush you. Yeah.
1: Okay, Yeah. Because it's so accepted. Yeah. You know, the standards really changed in the early nineties with a couple of pivotal movies yeah. where they just started really showing more sexual sexuality. Yeah. Um, you know, have you ever seen sideways? I haven't. You haven't? Uh, sideways is great. It's Paul Giamatti and Virginia Madsen and, and Thomas Hayden church and, uh, Um, Lucy, uh, I forget her, Sandra Oh. Just a great cast. It's about a bunch of people actually drinking wine up in Sonoma. But Paul Giamatti is such a fine actor. And Paul Giamatti and Virginia Madsen finally hook up at the end. Okay. And there's been this kind of simmering almost romance. And at the end, he goes to see her. And he, he just overcomes his whole... Um, kind of rejection, self-rejection, and when he does, he knocks on the door, and he goes in, and the door closes, and that's it. And it was so tastefully done. Wow! Uh, uh, because our, our our imaginations are bent enough, and I don't think we need we don't need help, you know. Yeah, we need to see stuff when it comes to uh, physical intimacy, and yeah, yeah. But again, not to be overly earnest and overly squeaky clean, because I think sometimes uh, you know authenticity is great
0: yeah yeah no (laughs) so okay here's here's another question um have you ever felt like it's graduating high school you guys are all leaving there's this friendship camaraderie like like what's the the deepest kind of connected as far as cast wise group that you've worked with so i did like
1: i did like four five seasons of oz
0: yeah that's a lot that was intense yeah
1: and because you're doing stuff in that show you know i i can't tell you how many crying scenes that wow. i have, I just really came apart yeah um and you're doing that with other actors so there's just this camaraderie that you yeah. know y- that you engage at a different level um, that was intense when oz was finished the rap party was like oh oh my gosh i'm not gonna see you guys anymore and that was that, that was intense um, when i did borgia in the czech republic that was intense too because that was a foreign country yeah, that was like another.
0: So we only like, had each other.
1: Yeah, we just had each other. Um, so we would go out to dinner, or you know, just coffee, hotels, seeing new sights in a new nation. I with, love that nation. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's the Charles it? Bridge. I just oh, want to
0: stand oh, on I Charles, Bridge, Charles Bridge. Bridge and watch the sunset. Yeah, it's people don't cool. know. It's yeah. like people ask me what my favorite uh, European city is, and I'll say Prague. Really? Every time. every time. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: they've got quite a history. I have a great book for you. They, yeah, um, it's called Czech Wells. And it talks about the spiritual legacy of Ooh, Czech Republic, and I'm it is—it's it. amazing. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, I, I found a church when I was there called uh, Prague Christian Fellowship. I think I found it on Glo- uh, Bethel's Global Legacy. Yeah, and they asked me to preach, which was great. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I brought the whole cast.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah,
1: and and so you know, like you have experiences that are unusual, and when you have them yeah. in another country, it's even more unusual.
0: How uh, was that for them? That was good. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was good.
0: Okay, next question. Yeah, go. How many accents have you had to do? Um, and are they natural for you? Do you have to get dialect training, or are you just natural? I'm pretty decent, but then yeah. I fall away. Um, <laughs> like, if you ask me to do Irish, I do Australian. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I start, you know, top of the morning to then I'll get into, like, good night, mate. You yeah, good night, <laughs> mate, yeah, yeah. Because you had, like, the Boston thing going on. You've had New Yorker. You've had— yeah i mean that um borgias was uh
1: that was kind of mid-atlantic yeah very very interesting yeah um and uh, um i I did a cockney dialect which was really fun he was like this you look kind of cockney like when you do that yeah that's that's amazing yeah because you got to feel it in your mouth and but that was fun that was for a theater piece um
0: i do cockney like my fair lady you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> all I want is own somewhere. <laughs> That's all I could do. Sean, that was good. That was really good. I should just start in my theater career now. It'd be perfect. We can switch. I
2: can host. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I haven't, uh, I've always wanted to do Scottish. Nice. Yeah, because I'm Scottish and Irish, and um, but that'll take a little bit of work. That's very much in the front of the mouth.
0: Yeah, not a lot of accents. No, I think of most of your stuff has accents to it yeah. or some Did you sort German? Of, wait, th- th- I don't think I've ever heard you just do this voice that yeah. you're doing right now. Yeah. Like everything you're ever in your, well, maybe you're in a of the law shows, but I mean like, yeah. cause you have this like deep yeah. kind of relaxing voice yeah. and then it's always with an accent, which is really uh, two times I saw you. I didn't know it was you. Yeah. It took me a 2nd like, I know him. Wait, this is weird. Like I'm, I, it, you know, like you, your wires <laughs> crossed. You're like, Oh, that's Scott. Okay.
1: Wait, that's really him. Yeah, I had a producer on a movie that I did, just like a low-budget indie film, which was fun because it was with like Tatum O'Neill Nice and like JJ from Good Times, oh my and like gosh. yeah, like like, like so how random. how old are yeah, and uh, who else? Peter Green. You would recognize these people, yeah. But um, yeah, the producer was like, Scott, I just love your voice. When I watched, you know, whatever Goodwill Hunting or whatever, I just sat and I close my eyes i was just so like really that's so weird why are you telling me that uh
0: but yeah i I it's very relaxing you should you should do like i do some voiceovers yeah children's stories
1: i would love to do that would be amazing yeah like
0: if you like if you were on an animated show or something where you had to be the narrator yeah (laughs) (laughs) i uh, want a very soothing voice (laughs) yeah yeah Thanks. okay just as we're wrapping up uh back kind of the spiritual side of things Mm what is your kind of dream for what God wants to do over entertainment over for specifically film and television? What do you think is coming?
1: I think that, I think that the power of story is going to be redefined. And so I feel like a midwife kind of that I'm just, you know, that was part of the maturing process as well was like, let it be about the next generation Mm -hmm. as opposed to your, you know, 15 minutes or your glory or um, but I, I feel, um, I feel like entertainment, it's here to stay. Yeah. Um, streaming and, um, and I mean, just people are watching movies on phones and their cars and subways. And so that this, this art form is here to stay. It's very much kind of the zeitgeist, the spirit of the day, you know, a couple hundred years ago, 150 years ago, there was painting in museums and, yeah. and there was novels before yeah. that for a little bit, but This is here to stay. And so I think that um, Jesus is deeply invested um, in wanting to um, amplify the raw power of story. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his parables and you can imagine when he's telling them, everybody just got carried away because Jesus is telling them and just the he, I mean, he's a rock star of his day a, everyone just listen come on right like, like so visual yeah. like he would just and all secular pretty much right just about yeah. except there were Samaritan. all stories
0: almost all of them yeah like there were known parables that he retold a different version of which is really interesting yeah which i, I mean, didn't know until recently
1: what would be awesome would be to see what was the spillover effect of those parables yeah like how many people just got yanked into the presence of God, got convicted, found wholeness, you know? So, so I think that, um, there's been a real, uh, battle. Yeah. For this shift to happen. Um, so that we would go back to the beginning almost, you know, Mm -hmm. like the, it's a wonderful life, you know, new, new and improved, new and different. And, um, and chariots of fire and just, and I think that there's a new breed of writers that are coming. I think that, um producers um you know they push the envelope because they're trying to discover who they are Mm -hmm. as well as who their audience is and i think that um they're not underestimating the audience as much as they used to so i i feel sean that that um and i see this I, i i we've all seen this we've seen more and more faith films yeah and there's greater levels of skill and authenticity that's um Coming right alongside them and through them, and you know, and and they don't have to be fully faith movies. You know, June Bug is a great movie. I don't know if you've seen Mm -hmm. it. There's a great scene in June Bug where this guy goes back to his summer Christian camp as a kid, and and the counselor asks him to sing, and it it takes your breath away. It's like it's like the the most powerful scene in the movie. Or comes early morning with Ashley Judd, you know, about a girl who's not living a, a holistic life and, and has this deep father wound. And it's a scene in the movie where she goes to see a pastor, but it's so powerful. So I think we're going to see many, many more um, um, movies that are either embracing full redemptive storylines or that are open they to have moments. Yeah. They have moments. And I'm, I'm sticking yeah. with what Corey Ten Boom said as well. Um, I think that there's a lot of people in this industry who have been very fearful yeah. of outing themselves, for sure, for because of certain principalities who don't need mentioning, um, I, and I, I mean spirits, I don't mean people. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that you know, just like Jonathan and his armor bear, yeah. You know, look look at how many Israelites came out of the caves when those guys. And I think that there's more. Oh, that's so good! That's a
0: great analogy, right? I,
1: th- I think people are yeah. going to see a couple, a couple people, a couple people who really love Jesus unashamedly and walk with the Holy and Spirit weird. and aren't weird, yeah, and aren't weird and aren't overly like religious yeah. or whatever. They're just real people, and uh, and I think that's that's going to be kind of a clarion call for a lot of people. So I
0: love that. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your stories. Yeah, this is yeah. fun thanks for watching exploring the industry and this is my guest scott winters an actor who you can see and imdb him to watch all of his movies and all of his tv shows and also we're looking forward to your productions coming out
1: yeah me too thanks yeah. sean
2: yeah
0: Thanks for listening to Exploring the Industry, our brand new podcast. And it's actually part of the podcast family of the Exploring the Prophetic. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly stories on Wednesdays that are everyday people like you and I who are hearing God and God is changing our options. He's changing our world. He's transforming culture around us because we're saying yes in obedience to God. And then on Fridays, we have Exploring the Industry. So make sure to subscribe and you're going to hear these amazing stories twice a week, And we need these stories right now. I know if if you're like me, you need the encouragement. So come join the conversation. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Industry. We're believing that God's going to change the world through the entertainment industry. And we want to invite you into the conversation. Please subscribe. Hit the notification bell to this podcast. Also, visit us at com, where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your spiritual journey.